If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of the Mind Pump, mm-hmm. for the first 38 minutes, Justin, Adam, and myself have some fun non-fitness conversation. This is our intro portion of the show. We start out by talking about our sponsor, Organifi, and their product, Pure, which is energizing without caffeine. I actually thought there might be a little caffeine in it, and I contacted the company, and I was assured there are no stimulants, just uh, brain-boosting ingredients like lion's mane. Of course, they are one of our sponsors. So if you go to Organifi.com forward slash Mind Pump and use the code Mind Pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about Adam's libido and his improved sleep. We think his reduction of cannabis use is probably contributing to these improvements uh, in both of the sleep and his libido. He also mentioned- And that picture you gave him. Yeah. (laughs) He he also mentioned uh, Brain FM. This is something you listen to in your headphones that can improve sleep. It can also improve things like focus. If you go to brain.fm forward slash mind pump, you'll get 20% off. Then we talked about Ned's. Full spectrum hemp oil extract packed full of beneficial cannabinoids like cannabidiol, otherwise known as CBD. It's a great Christmas gift. Mm. Just go to helloned.com forward slash mind pump and you'll get 15% off. Then we talked about the hemp farm bill. We talked about hemp oil quality with all the products that we've seen. Hemp's going to be everywhere. It's everywhere. Then we talked about Netflix's impact on going to the movies, porn addiction, we talked about Person Christmas. I think it's still Father Christmas, but whatever. Person Christmas. And cheese. <laughs> Just stop. Sexism. Yes, you can be, you're sexist if you like cheese, apparently. Apparently, I'm really sexist. According to PETA. And then we talked about our New Year's plans. And then we get into the fitness questions. The first question was, uh, how do we go about getting as lean as possible if we only have a week? So let's say you have a uh, something coming up in a week, unexpected. Thanks a photo for the shoot. notice. Yeah, a photo <laughs> shoot or something like that. Like, what would be the strategy to look your best in seven days? The next question was, what exercises surprised us the most with the type of results that they elicited? So what exercises just shocked us? Like, we started doing them and we're like, whoa. Dog peas. This one made me look amazing. That's an exercise, Shocking. by the way. You Shocking. didn't just make that up. Yeah. Next question was, uh, is the fat-burning zone a myth? Apparently, when you do cardio within a particular heart rate zone, you burn more body fat, or do you find out in this part, in that part of this episode? Get in the zone. And the final question Auto zone. is athleticism. <laughs> yes. We're not even sponsored by them, guys. <laughs> fat-burning zone. Is athleticism something you're born with, or can you train it, or is it both? Great discussion in that part. In this episode, also like to remind everybody, Maps Starter is live. It's our new Maps program. It's designed for beginners or for people who are deconditioned or people who haven't worked out in a while. Let's get started. Or for people who just want to work out at home. All you need are dumbbells and a physio ball. It's a phenomenal program to get your body to build stability, start building conditioning, and to start building muscle. Basically, to start to reap all the amazing benefits. That resistance training Get can go in the right way. Provide it's also a an awesome gift for someone for the holidays. If you're interested in checking out Maps Starter, uh, we only have about five days left for a discount coupon code that we're offering to you right now. So here's what you do: go to Maps Starter, two S's in the middle. 
maps.com. So that's M-A-P-S-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. And then use the code STARTER20, that's STARTER and the number 20 without a space for $20 off. You will also get a free t-shirt and one year of access to our private forum for absolutely free. Now, if you want to check out any of our other MAPS programs, you can go to our other site, mapsfitnessproducts.com. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time. T-shirt time. Bring it on in, Doug. My favorite time of the week. We're giving out six T-shirts this week, three for iTunes and three for Facebook. Hooking them up. So the winners are, for iTunes, John Dick. Hey. (laughs) Soul of the Fire. Great, Great name. And Jen Ham won. All of you are winners there. And on Facebook, we got Anthony Schultz, Cody Moore, Mackenzie Barbara Schlemitz. All of you are winners. So what you need to do is send your name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and now please include your Instagram handle. That's right. Because you may actually be getting a shout out on the Mind Pump Media page. Oh, so, yeah. So send all that over to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. We'll get that right out to you. Sizzle snap. I've been using the uh, the Pure now. Have you guys been using it consistently? I yeah. was, but we uh, I haven't used it this week. I was using it last week consistently when we did the last Organifi commercial. So I've been using them one one or two a day pretty consistently now for the last since we got our since we got them, which was like what a week ago was it been a week five days six days ago yeah. And uh, I messaged uh, Shauna, who's our our rep. Shout out Shauna, love her. And um, I I messaged her because I'm like, is there caffeine in this? Mm. Because the, one of the ingredients is coffee berry extract, which has its own nootropic properties. But of course, coming but from the coffee extract, you'd think, yeah, some of that might have the caffeine had to have gone through. That, is there is there caffeine? Because when I drink it, when I take it, I feel. Mildly stimulated, Lifted a little. Yes, yeah. totally. Know, now, lion's mane, lion's mane can do that. Lion's mane will make you feel kind of stimulated and, and, and sharper. But I was like, God, is there caffeine in this? Because I feel a little bit like up. So I messaged her, and then she checked with whoever they check with in the, the their research department. Mm-hmm. No caffeine. Really? No. Huh. So because she sent me the response that they sent her, and they said that it tests. When they test it for caffeine, it tests at below four milligrams, which is all you need. That's what you if, to say no caffeine. Something has to be tested at yeah. under five, below, under four. And she said, "Yeah, there's no, there's no caffeine in well, it." Well, this is great. This is going to be part of my protocol then to start scaling down my caffeine intake because I, I, I did notice a little bit of a lift uh, from using it too. And and I was listening to the Paul Check episode that we did as mm-hmm. well and talking about chewing on the um, coffee, beans. coffee beans. You need to do the butter too. Remember we talked about that. You need to start with your morning like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gonna rub, write all this down. Yeah, you rub butter on your on your <laughs> on your chest. Yeah. Is that how you do it? Yeah, and you it froth it first. <laughs> <laughs> then you just beat it you, on you. You imagine if we just yeah. if we just sold Justin on I'm that. I'm like, whoa, is, he, is this how you do it, He comes guys? to work and he's all glisten, he's all glistening. <laughs> it smells like popcorn. <laughs> you guys already what's, almost what's, had me on the- Why the does it smell like popcorn? Coconut oil. Nine like, o'clock in the morning uh, in here. <laughs> Butterball. <laughs> been butterballing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, but- So it, delicious. But I, lo- I, I love it. I absolutely like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so good off of- Caffeine. I think you got to go off shit every once in a while for a while. You know, know. what I'm saying? It's yeah. at that point. Here's the other thing too, because I, I again I, I went off cannabis completely. Then I reintroduced it a little bit here and there, and then I went off of it again. 
when I stay off of it for a while, I, I'm telling you, I'm getting another testosterone uh, uh, test coming because I want to keep testing my. Oh, did you ask for test. me also, please? Or you? Forget? I did. I sent it. Oh, you did. Told Rachel, mm-hmm. thank you. Uh, I dude, it raises my testosterone when I'm not having a lot of cannabis. Well, I, I, I totally feel it. No, no, I felt it. Interesting. I felt you did? It. Yeah, I was off for three weeks, right? So, what I, did you notice? I, I noticed my libido up. I did. See. I did notice that. And and the reason why I noticed it, because m- my workout volume is significantly low right now, probably some of the lowest I've had for a while. And that always kind of brings it down. I notice when I'm not training mm. like three plus times a week, I, that tends to, to, to bring down uh, my libido, where now uh, I'm low there, but I, my sex drive is really high. And the only thing that else that's really different that's going on right now is uh, being off the cannabis, bro. I'm telling you, it, it will be interesting when you do your next test. How f- happy will you be if you see that your no- your levels are now? Well, what the- I'm going to do because because I have I've had cannabis since then now, right? So I've had it, but I've definitely uh, scaled way back from where I was having it every single night. Mm-hmm. Very similar to like what you do. So I I winged off for I wanted to go all the way till January, but. I don't know what what day I ended up having. I was like, yeah, this is too good to pass up right yeah. now. I just want it. Right I think now. I think I gave I'm a, it to I'm you. A, and I figured I'm a grown up. I can make that decision yeah, for myself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the main the main purpose for me was to just kind of take a break from it for a while, long enough, so I could start to assess like, is this are there positive benefits? <clears throat> so what I'm going to do when I get when the test comes in from Everlywell. I'm going to uh, be off for at least two or three weeks again, retest, and then I'll see uh, what a difference it makes. But how cool would it be? Because now you've been off of synthetic testosterone now for over, over a, year. a year. Yeah, over a year now. You've gotten your levels to be within the range, but it's at the low end, so yeah. it's not a great place to be, but at least it's within the range. How awesome would it be if going off cannabis was the last missing piece to get your levels up to a really good yeah level I, that would excite me it would really it really would excite me I, I'm, I'm interested to see i don't i don't now what do you what, what will you do so let's say let's say if they stay where they're at they're low you've already said like i've tried and i'll probably end up having to go back on replacement but if they stay high will you still consider going back on replacement that's a really good probably not if 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 i'm in the high normal and range feeling good and all and, that. oh yeah i won't fuck with testosterone yeah, yeah, cuz you no. don't want to have to deal with that whole thing no again. no i wouldn't want to go through that all over again but if i if i test and i'm still pretty low mm-hmm. uh, there's a very strong chance that early next first quarter of next year I'll probably uh, get back on like an HRT dose where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably taking 125 milligrams a week or so. Um, just because, I mean, I felt amazing when I was at, at that level. I didn't well, feel- Well, to be honest, you're even in the low normal, what they consider normal, and I hate that because that range is so ridiculous. It's literally, the difference between being the high normal and low normal is like Massive. five times a bit. Yeah, it's, it's just a huge gap. And- um, the truth is, being in the low range of normal is probably unhealthy. So you're probably better off if that's where you're at and there's nothing you can do to get your natural testosterone to come back up. Let's say it's just damaged from, you know, whatever years of, of, of synthetic use. You Getting it back up into the higher mid-range uh, through synthetic, probably better for you. I agree. You know what mm. I'm saying? That's how I feel too. The, yeah. The, the main, I mean, obviously the main the uh, main driver for me was to uh you know if we were going to try and get pregnant this 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 coming year it was that increasing my chances by being obviously if I'm on synthetics I'm only decreasing my chances of getting her pregnant so 
you know, if that happens and my test lows, my test scores are still pretty low, I'll probably jump back on. If, you know, they're, you know, mid high on the low or on the normal range, no, I don't think I'll, I'll mess with it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't see myself uh, doing that. I, not at all, but you know, we'll see, we'll see how I feel, but I'm excited to take it and then to tease out the cannabis. Cause I didn't do that on the previous test. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I don't remember, you know, how much usage, um, that I was, or how much I was using cannabis at that time. So we'll see. I definitely, I definitely know that I was smoking it, uh, every single day or close to every single day. Um, sometimes once or twice in the evening. So, you know, me just coming off of it completely for three weeks, I noticed a big difference. Yeah. So Frequency and the intensity of it, it sounds like we're talking about working out, but it, yeah. uh, it makes a difference, right? So like- Smoke weed every day. Yeah, like having it every day and then having a, a strong amount every day. I mean, both of those have to make a big a big impact. Yeah. Because I think what happens with the frequent use is you become so tolerant to it. Without realizing it, you you end up using you know more and more. Well, the, I told you the other thing that I was really surprised by was because I'm tracking my sleep and with the Oura Ring it does the whole you know tracks your score and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know originally why I started using cannabis was to improve my sleep and to settle my brain down and help me fall asleep. And I think because I was smoking like at around five or six p.m. at night, and then that would kind of wear off, and then I would smoke again like at nine or ten when I was going to bed. Uh, I think I was too high. And mm-hmm. so I actually wasn't falling into a really good deep sleep. And when I came off, I actually noticed my sleep score back go back up again. Now, since then, uh, I've, I've been more judicious with it. And I've tried to use it only on nights where I feel like I really need to help me go to sleep. And now I'm sleeping like a baby again. Really? Yeah. So I think it just, I was taking Dude, sleep it, was a big issue for you for a long, since I'd known you. My whole life. I, I up until like not that long ago, I really just you know I had a couple of things happen. One, the first big thing that happened when I when I when I bought my house when I was in my early twenties, uh, first thing I invested in was this big expensive bed, and that was the first time I ever got. It. Other than before that, I was like hand me down beds my whole mm-hmm. life. And when I got a new bed, um, this I got, one rotated or what? Yeah, I got I got it like in <laughs> a sweet. yeah big big heart shape too, yeah. and vibrated. Is it coin? Uh, yeah, wow. there's coins in it. <laughs> Do they still have that high shit? performance? Yeah, you remember, yeah. Have you guys ever seen a real one? No, not at, one with at coins. a hotel <laughs> with coins. I have really. Oh, wow, I have been what, to a what motel. What kind of place was this, Sal? It's a it's a, it's a long story. I'll tell you guys another time. You gonna hold out on us? I'll tell you about that another time. Uh, but the, the bed made a, a night and day difference. I, I got that. That made a big difference. But I still just considered myself somebody who tosses and turns kind of all night long. And then as I got older, I started to connect it more with work and stress. And I was like, oh, shit. You know, when I got a lot of my mind financially, business wise, stressed at work for whatever reasons, uh, that was affecting my sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, things like Brain FM have been like a, a, a game changer for me, utilizing cannabis, uh, Ned. That's been another one. That's That was a big thing I noticed too. And I think I mentioned that the last time we had a Ned commercial was, you know, when I came off the cannabis completely and then when I would use Ned, I would actually feel the Ned. Like before I would, I would take the Ned and I'd be like, oh, I'd have this great sleep, but I didn't feel it from taking it. Where now I feel like, I take it, and in a half hour, I can feel myself calm down. And I'm just assume I'm just assuming that that's because I become sensitive again to. The- I really do think that the medicinal benefits of cannabinoids, the therapeutic effects, aside from the really 
when you need a potent acute effect mm-hmm. is it lies in the in the non-intoxicating cannabinoids and i do think that product because there was a did you guys see the big farm bill with hemp we're about to see an explosion yeah Yeah, i did see that we're about to see an explosion of of hemp growing and hemp hemp cultivating and hemp products is this statewide like throughout the country 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 right so we're about to see you know cannabinoids we're already starting to see them infused into everything yeah but it's going to really take off now because there were a lot of kind of legal you know gray areas and loopholes you had to go through but I think, you know, unless you have like acute issues, like THC's got some benefit too. Like for some forms of chronic depression, uh, it may be good uh, for pain, definitely for, you know, severe forms of appetite type of disruption. It can be good. Uh, of, of course, THC also has a, a good effect on cancer, just like all the cannabinoids do. So you don't want to take any of them out. You want to use them all, especially if you in a situation like that, or at least that's what the research shows. But for the general therapeutic effects, like for the average person, like my parents, you know, somebody who's got some autoimmune type issues or food intolerance issues or gut issues, or if somebody, you know, has got inflammatory issues or sleep issues, or let's say you want an anxiolytic, which is like an anti-anxiety type, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling, but you don't want to go the synthetic medical route, which is typically like a Xanax or something like that, which has been huge potent. For, my, for my wife. Yeah. She's used Ned quite a bit now before bed. And it's like, she's been able to reduce a lot of those synthetic drugs as a result of and, it. I and, actually and, bought them for gifts for everybody at Christmas. I bought five of them to give to best fan. gift ever. Yeah. No, it, I just, the box is really cool. It's a cool gift. It's a cool way to gift somebody. I think they do a good job of their packaging. So, and, it and also it's, it's, it's new enough because I'm very familiar with the hemp oil market, and there is a lot of hemp oil stuff out there, but a lot of it is not is mm-hmm. not good. I mean, a lot of it is, you know, it's oil, but how many, what are the cannabinoids that are in there? What are the concentrations? What's the quality? Mm-hmm. Ned is is, is, the, is the best I've seen. And I if you're going to introduce, here's the problem, and this reminds me of the supplement industry. You know, years ago, and that still happens today, where a supplement will come out or a product will come out that shows all these benefits, but then all these supplement companies coming out, come out saying that they have this product or this ingredient. People use it because it's low potency or doesn't have it. All of a sudden, it has a bad rap, and everybody's like, oh, creatine doesn't work. I've tried it before or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hemp oil, there's a lot of crappy products out there. So if you're introducing hemp oil right. to like somebody who's kind of apprehensive about using cannabinoids and like, well, it's hemp, it's not, you know, we wait for that number to increase too. Yep. I yep. mean, now that it's like, uh, you know, countrywide, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of companies jumping it. That's what I'm saying. So you want to introduce, you know, hemp oil, a high quality one to someone for the first time. Like, yeah. like my grand, like my grandfather, you know, I was telling him the benefits and stuff, and you know, what if I gave him a crappy hemp oil product? He right. tries it, like didn't work. Well, this, now he's never going to want to try it again. This has happened. I have a friend that I've been mm-hmm. trying to push CBD on for quite some time who has sleep issues, and he just grabbed some random brand that I know nothing about. I'm like, dude, and he's, oh, it didn't do anything for me. And it's like, well, first of all, you know, you, you tried it one time. I said, second of all, I have no idea about this company that you use whatsoever. So the and we're, right now, it's you, know, you just got to be careful with supplements, man. Where it's still it falls in that category. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of pixie dusting because it is popular and it's exploding right now. So anybody can just throw some CBD oil in there. You water the fuck down, and then you could call it and sell it a ton for a ton of money. So yeah, I, I agree. You got to be careful of that. Yep, yep. You know, switch switching gears a little bit. I got to bring this up on the show because 
I believe, I don't know if it was, it was this year sometime when uh, we talked about Netflix and speculated that Netflix is going to put um, movie theaters out of business. Mm. And uh, it's actually not true. Really? Yeah, no, I, I read this article. Jackie shared this. I love when Jack, shout out to Jackie. I always appreciate when she sends over, she definitely knows us and the stuff that we love to talk about. Yeah. And she sent over this great article, Netflix impact on movie theaters is negligible, uh, concluded a study. So it's it talks about, it was a study done by Ernst Young Commission by the National Association of Theater Owners. And they are basically saying that the short version of it is, you know, somebody who stream the more hours you stream, the more likely you are to go to the movie theaters. And the people that don't go to movie theaters, uh, over 50, or I think around 50% of those people don't stream. So there's a big connect. If you're a movie buff, you're a movie buff. So if you like to stream and you're into mm. that, you're also more likely to go to the, the That's movies. That's definitely, uh, definitely true for me. The difference is, and I'd like to see a study done in about 10 years on this, because I think it's the younger generation that will notice the impact. Yeah. Like I love... I love the experience of the movies. Like it's not just watching a movie; it's going to a theater. It's the popcorn. It's the getting in line, waiting to go watch the new thing. It's the whole experience yeah, that I it's enjoy. Brand new. It's something that's you know, yeah, just came out. But it, kids, I, I wonder if kids are going to have that. Well, the, the kids are also so the the way they they did the it was like if you stream seven hours a week, if you stream nine hours a week, if you stream fifteen hours a week, twenty hours a week, the more you stream the more likely you are to go to the theaters. Now, the younger generation is definitely streaming more hours than you, I, or Justin, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that kind of that study already kind of... Well, I'm talking about the younger, like not uh, old enough to go to the movies themselves. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like my, like my daughter, for example? Well, you know, if, think about that. If, if you're streaming YouTube, if you're streaming yeah. Hulu, if you're streaming those things, the more hours you are, you already fall in the character. So even if you're a nine-year-old, who st- if you would fall in the, the study of lots of streaming hours. So those, those kids are going to the theater as much or more than somebody who's not, not streaming. Yeah, but that's because mom and dad are taking them. I, I want to see what happens when they're old enough to go to the movies. Are they going to want to spend... I'm not saying yes or no. I don't know because maybe they grow up and they enjoy the. Because here's what I'm noticing that movie theaters are doing now. Overall hmm. attendance to movies, I think, has declined though. No, overall it, it went up. They remember they because they did that. They did that whole thing where they gave out the monthly pass thing, right? And they they lost a fuck ton of money on that because so many people yeah. took advantage of it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but ever since the the seats are in there, it's hard to get tickets. I was just gonna say I have to buy like yeah. the fucking day before or early in the morning. I mean, yeah. you used to be able to wait till the last minute. A lot of times you didn't have to. If you were not seeing a brand new movie, if you were if you were watching a movie that's been out for two weeks or more. I could walk up to the theater ten minutes before and get good seats. Yeah. Now you have to if you want anything in those those mm-hmm. ideal seats in the behind the. What the was front the row? last blockbuster movie? Was it like the uh, the last Avenger movie or because I I just don't remember like a real monumental movie that came out besides like that, the Avengers or that's or because you you can you compare everything to Star Wars you dork. <laughs> There's there's blockbuster movies that hit every fucking month. You yeah. know how like, much there's like, all, with like well in terms of the again records. like I said you you compare everything to Star Wars so nothing compares to Star Wars. Yeah, but I mean there's Avatar. There's all kinds of like no. There's always there's always like movies like big, that. Well, we're also summer movies. So we, we're just coming out of the the slump, right? I think uh, July, August, September, October. I think that's the four month 
where none of the good movies come out. Everything mm, good. Yeah, it is, it is kind of the slow part. But Christmas usually brings like, yeah, yeah. something big. Yeah, right. Right now, we should start to see a lot of good movies come out. Wow, look at this. So I just I just looked up the, the top grossing movies of all time adjusted for ticket price inflation. So this is domestic gross. Okay. The number one movie of all time adjusted, Gone with the Wind. What? Gone with the Wind, number one. No shit. Number two, Star Wars. Number three, The Sound of Music. Number Gone four, with the Wind. Number four, E.T. Then it goes the then it goes Titanic, The Ten Commandments, Jaws, Doctor Zivago, nineteen sixty five, The Exorcist, Snow White and the Seven Doors, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Actually, number eleven. That's not bad. Mm. Hundred one down. So there isn't a lot of new movies in that top twenty. Avatar's there. Jurassic Park is kind of there. That's pretty cool, huh? Black that, Panther number thirty. Wow! But this is all adjusted for, for yeah, you right, know, because inflation. Obviously, I that. think the movie theaters are are doing a smart play with the seats that recline, the changing the experience, charging mm-hmm. you for premium sound. There's places now that are serving food and alcohol. Yeah, I think I, that's smart. I, it's interesting, and I I think people do like the entertainment of, I don't think it's necessarily going to go away it's definitely a novelty it's something cool to do in terms of entertainment it's still a great I'm just, date yeah i'm wondering how it's going to change is all you know like in the future like well, what, I think what other amenities VR. are going to add yeah there might be that oh absolutely i mean that's the only that's the next i mean you got the seats now right now the next and some of these places have it where the seats like vibrate and move to the movie Those i haven't tried things. that yet have you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. is it is it worth it yeah, yeah. it's cool it, it depends on the movie, but yeah, yeah like I said, it could be distracting. I remember yeah. one movie, I was like jerking me all over the place. It was getting really annoying. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if I'm if you were all VR'd up and in a seat that moves the movies, I mean, that's pretty have you cool. guys seen that commercial? Yeah. It's been following me around on Facebook where it shows these little avatars watching a basketball t- game on the floor, like floor seat or whatever. That's what I, bro, I, the Oculus. I've been talking about that. Since I just it- saw it. Yeah, where these two dudes, they're in different yeah. parts of the of the world. Yeah, and they're and watching they're courts, sitting, courtside yeah. together. Yeah, so that's been in play. So that was in play this last last playoffs. It just huh. they, so you they, can actually buy this and do it. Yeah, I mean, this is that whole. I think the whole kit and setup was like, I want to say it was under a thousand dollars. You're gonna buy it? Oh, for sure, I'll hey, buy it. Why that. haven't you got it yet? I want to try that. I've been watching it. It's not. Like anything else, the first version oh. is kind of like there's a lot of kinks and I'm shit. I'm so curious to see what oh, that would be like. Me too. I think it's going to be amazing. I, yeah. I, I'm so curious to see what it would feel like to put that on and then watch a game from that perspective. How fucking... Imagine MMA where yeah. you're in oh the my, cage. Yeah. Well, I, imagine I, if you put it on, you're in the cage. I hate... <laughs> somebody just got their nose I hate broke MMA live and because the cage sucks to watch yeah. through. It, you can't be, in my opinion, You it, MMA is one of the sports that is up there with uh, way better on television than is live. There's too many blind spots. Way too many blind spots. And 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 MMA is so technical. There's so many little subtleties in, in like jiu-jitsu moves and stuff that yeah. you don't see that. When, and even if you're on the cage, I've sat on the cage, I've sat all over it for UFC fights. Yeah, me and, too. M- granted, the the environment is cool and the, that's not taken away from that. Mm-hmm. But when you watch it on TV, you get every bit of that. Where dude, I I remember watching it at uh, 
here in San Jose and it was like a big event, had all these fights. It was great, super great energy, everything. But I watched the TV the entire time. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because I had to get all the angles because you couldn't, yeah, like you said, you couldn't see what the fuck was going on. That's why there's always, there's been a debate in MMA for a long time over the cage versus the ring. I know in Japan and a lot of, uh, you know, organizations use the ring Uh, because of that, because it's, it's not the best. It's uh, terrible for live spectators. That would change a lot of the technique yeah. of some of the fighters, right? Mm-hmm. With, yeah, smashing well, the guys against the. I mean, you can really see how some of these things are going to be purely designed for that. Like you know, some of these events will be designed specifically for viewing through VR, where yeah. there's not going to be any live audience. I, that'll be interesting. I'm excited because it'll also drive uh, regular ticket prices down. So a guy like me who loves to go to a game live, especially a basketball game, and sit really close. I mean, those are really fucking expensive tickets. I can't. I, I would you go. You think it'll make the price go down yeah, because of course. less people? Will. Oh yeah, because if if I the the main thing that I love watching a a, a, a basketball game is when you get when you sit on a, a the court or right next to the court on basketball. I mean, you're your feet away from them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you're, you're watching giants. Yeah, like uh, even football. When you sit when you sit fifty yard line first row football. You still have got another fifty yards in front of you before the the football. Then there's coach. There's yeah, bunch you don't of, you don't want to be too close. No, it, it's well, it's just it's not that it's not that close of an intimate mm-hmm. sport, right? Where, you know, with basketball, you're right there. So it'd be interesting to see if people that are paying these, you know, two thousand to four thousand dollars for courtside seats, you know, because if I could if I get the whole VR kit for under a thousand and I get the view of courtside. Uh, it'd be really tough to convince me to spend two thousand dollars to go sit on courtside to get that same experience. You know, obviously, again, being there live. So I would hope that it would drive that down, so you could so you could do that. I, we'll see. You that know, would yeah. be cool. Concerts might be interesting like that. The only thing is the sound and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but. you'd have to really master that part of it, which would be tough. But it might be. I mean, I think I can. Yeah, think. but how cool if you have a badass sound oh, system at your house, are you right? Kidding me? If you have like a sick ass sound I system, I would totally and, opt in for that. And well, you VR in, and you feel. Let's like be it. honest, though. Where's Where's ninety nine percent of the money going to be made in VR? Let's just be honest. Porn. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah I, it's, it's going to dominate. Won't we see? I mean, we will. It's almost guaranteed. We'll see the innovation there first, right? I of mean, course. I mean, that, in speaking fact, of, speaking of porn, uh, actually, this is not porn related. This is like freak related. Okay, so okay. this wow. is right up your alley, Sal. Well, um, God, you, guys, <laughs> you guys create this false persona. Uh, oh come. Whatever, on. Selena. There was a man in China that uh, he he got hospitalized after sniffing his own socks every day. <laughs> Hospitalized? <laughs> yeah, because like the spores. I love the, the articles. <laughs> it literally like he got athlete's foot in his chest. Oh, and you can do that. It, like, really? Like, like yeah. infected in his chest. Oh my he god. He liked the smell he of his socks. That much of a freak. He liked yeah. smelling his own socks. Yeah, just like every day after work, he'd take his shoes off and then huff his uh, socks. Oh god. Yeah, you can do that. It's because athlete's foot is a fungus. I didn't know. Can you imagine up, that, that makes sense. Foot so if you chest. have, especially, it's it's rare, but if you have a compromised immune system and you breathe in, we always breathe in spores all the time from stuff around us. Yeah. There's certain types of mold you definitely don't want to be around, but. There's stuff you're breathing in all the time, and if you have a weak immune system, it can yeah. it can grow in your lungs. I should probably stop then, smelling my boxers. Did he? <laughs> gross. No, you know what I mean? Did he die? Yeah. No, he's hospitalized. He's in bad shape. Right like now. that bad? Yeah. They wow. had to give him like intravenous antifungals, probably. Yeah. Wow. wow that's messed up. <clears throat> well, it's, it's gross. Uh, to stay on back, go back on the on the porn topic. Yeah, let's go back to porn. Yeah. So real porn, not weird porn. <laughs> uh, do you guys? So you want to hear something crazy? Yeah. 
porn sites collect more user data than Netflix or Hulu. They actually collect some of the most data that anybody will collect online. Who does ever? Of course they porn do. sites. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. They collect so much data on people; it's insane. And they give out viruses like you know Skittles. Well, I don't. You know, did you know Pornhub gets? So Pornhub is is acknowledged as the the most popular porn site online. One hundred million daily visits to Pornhub alone. Yeah, 125 that million. Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, 100. That's 125 million daily visits to the Pornhub network of sites, which include YouPorn, Justin's favorite, and RedTube. Hey, yeah. So that's <laughs> I'm more of a RedTube. I had no idea. Are you really? No. Okay. I had no idea that uh, it was that big. And now anybody, about, do you guys know anybody that actually subscribes to it and actually pays for it? This is what I'm wondering. How the fuck do they yeah, make who money? Who pays for porn? It, you, know, you know how they make money? They make it through people paying. You're selling all your information. No, it's not. They pay. <laughs> really? they, no, they actually make money through selling for exclusive content. Yeah, yeah. They, they, most everyone. That's where they make all their money. Everything you watch on Pornhub is like huh. a, a teaser to like a full access to that. Well, you watch full videos too. Man, you got to no, be like no, a no. super I mean, fan I mean, to it's keep a, going. Yeah, it's, but it's like a, it's normally like a 14-minute video, right, at best. And then mm -hmm. you, it's like, oh, if you really like that style, you can go to that website, subscribe to exactly that type of you content. You got to know you have a problem if you got to keep going. If I, you're, you know, past right. the pay I don't know. I don't know anybody yeah, that pays I, for I porn. don't need more than about eight minutes or so, so I think. Is max. Right. 30, yeah. 30 yeah. seconds. Max. Eight, yeah. I think eight yeah. minutes is my time. Yeah, you're seconds. good with that. Yeah. I just high-speed scrub. Yeah. Yeah. Eight yeah. minutes, is a, that's a long session, Adam. Yeah, yeah, just, well, you know, I romance myself Let's get to the point already. Come on, pizza guy. But people people spend money on porn today i think it's hilarious it, it, but they pay for these and what they do is they take your data and then they'll start hitting you with ads that are super super specific and what they talked about in this article was like this is how specific they'll get like uh let's say a woman likes to watch the category of threesomes which include two women uh, two women and a man and the ones that she watches the most are the ones where the man gets naked first and the ones where women wear a particular type of lingerie that's how specific they'll get with the type of ads they'll start to hit you with. Wow. How that's, how insane, right? I mean, right. it makes sense. We know what all inter, what that internet marketing does. I, I got to stop watching. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dude, I, you know, and, and I can't, I won't sell this person out, but I, I get this on a regular. This is just last week. Somebody who's connected to me, um, dating a new guy, and uh, she's only been with him for like a month or so, maybe a couple months now. And, you know, they're having sex now, and he can't get off without watching porn. Oh, he's got an oh, addiction. Wow. Yeah, that's a problem. Right. It's like it, I hear this more and more now with this generation coming up now that they, they've just had it their entire life. And then now it's got to the point where when you're with a real a real person, you still need that okay. to get off. It's so you think of it this way. So think of like – Fuck it. That would be so hard to reverse that, you, huh? You have, to, you have to abstain. Right. And you have to yeah. do it for a long time. Think about it this way. Think of like a a all natural whole food based, you know, made from scratch healthy meal and how amazing that tastes and, and how palatable it is. But it's a different kind of palatability than like Skittles or you know uh, you know Pillsbury dough made muffins or something that's super processed. They're both good, but the highly processed shit is palatable in a way that. It's addicting. It's addictive. So you keep having bags of Skittles, and it and it and it, and it then increases. All sudden, your, then all of a sudden, grapes don't taste good that's, anymore. That's right. It mm. increases your tolerance, right? Because yeah. oh oh wow, I used to eat Skittles you before. Work your way back to them grapes. You got to work your way mm. back. To, so the only way to get around it, I already had this conversation 
with my son. I told him that this is what happens to the to the brain with this kind of exposure. And I told him, especially since you have a developing brain, having reversing that from if you're a 14, 15 year old and you're just constantly exposing yourself to these images, you know, and it's just an infinite number of images, the brain can wire itself in in I dare I say more permanent ways. Then it gets kind of scary, right? Then you're like 25 and you abstain from porn for a year and you're still not fixed. Mm. Uh, that's that's not a good situation, you know. I wonder how many girls User beware. I wonder how many girls are, are 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 doing this as well. I know a lot of girls are watching porn nowadays as well. Yeah, I was, I've been you know I, it's, I've it's been reading articles. You see those stats. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Well, maybe because I'm a guy, so I don't get a lot of girls reaching out to me with this problem. I get guys that reach out to me with this problems. So I haven't had anybody. I don't know any girls that as for as many guys as I've seen, I haven't had somebody reach out that's a, a female and say. Uh, this has completely changed. Probably because she's afraid to tell any guy that she's an addiction. You know, a girl goes up to a guy. I got a. I watch too much porn. Yeah, you don't want to say that to a guy I if you're a girl. <laughs> that's a dangerous. <laughs> that's not a good situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good a, for you. What does your room look anyway, like? Anyway, somebody. So you know, I, I do those. I post those memes on my on my Insta story sometimes that like talk shit about people who just fucking get offended at everything oh, or yeah. whatever. So now people love sending me articles that just highlight the absurdity of some people. Yes. Now, I do want to say this. Somebody brought something up very interesting uh, or, or an, a, an important point in our forum, which I love our forum because great information in there. Uh, I actually get a lot of good scientific studies in there. People share. And then I like it because I'll get challenged every once in a while. And somebody said, you know what happens is two or three people on Twitter will say something absurd. It'll trend because it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, it's clickbaity. It's a thing. They'll do an article on it, yeah. and now everybody's like, oh my God, it's a thing, and it's not really a thing. There's just a few people who are stupid. Right. Yeah, you can just say whatever, and if it sticks, it sticks. Right. So this is the article, and I think this may be the case. I hope it is. There's The article says, people call for Father Christmas yeah. to be called Person Christmas. Yeah, that, that can't that can't really be a thing. <laughs> I hope not. Person Christmas. Yeah. If they change Father Christmas to Person Christmas, I'm changing Mother Earth to Person Earth. Person I'm gonna Earth. just retaliate. Yeah, we'll just, well, keep, we'll just throw yeah, it all up. Yeah, start doing it. <laughs> but anyway, Person Christmas. But anyway, yeah, I think that might be the case. I really don't think people are that silly. Do you? No, I've never met anybody that silly. I feel, yeah, that's the thing. I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there right now just looking for whatever to rally with, and so it's like you're 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 kind of feeding them all this bullshit, and then people will eat it up because it's like, yeah, something else to yell about. Yes. Now there is one organization that is a legit organization that does do th- say things sometimes that I think are uh, a little bit ridiculous. And so I'm just going to read to you a, a Instagram post. Oh, please do. From PETA. PETA, our favorite. Our, we, our, love we, we just, we just covered PETA. some of the latest activity. And I think PETA does a lot of good things sometimes as well. But sometimes they do things like this. Here's the, the, the post. Hmm. You'd be surprised why cheese is the most sexist thing you can eat. Excuse me? So uh, <laughs> uh, to help end sexism, say what? You, should, you should stop eating cheese. And I guess their their rationale is that the cows that they're milking are being abused and raped because oh, they're the, yeah, for tugging their, on them nipples for their milk. Yeah, so yeah. it's a sexist thing. Wow, it's a female cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dude, I didn't know I yeah. was contributing to this horrible yeah, thing. I don't know. Peta's going a little. I think they've gone a little too far. <laughs> well, it's just like again, you're bringing their name up, so they they've figured it out. 
Like in today's climate, it's oh, like this, shit, you're talking about me. it, right? Yeah, you're talking about them. So now it's giving them like whatever publicity. They yeah. don't care. They right. fooled me. It's so, stupid. So what do you guys? What are you guys doing for New Year's Eve? Is there anything special for you guys? I'm going to Tahoe. Ooh, is it that's just a you and your girl, or is it the family? No, we're, the whole family's coming up there. So we uh, we got a uh, a nice place. Um, not quite the, as nice as what the company gets when we go up there, but it's a it's a pretty nice spot like awesome. that. We're all going up there. I think there's like. Do they go hard? You guys yeah. all go hard? Yeah. <laughs> not you guys, her family, for sure. Uh, yeah. So yeah. do you not go hard with them? N- not really. I have this last year more than I ever have. I mean, we've we've talked about this it's on the show. Of, it's because of the activated yeah, charcoal. Yeah. charcoal yeah. pills, buddy. Yeah, the activated charcoal and then and not, increased com- our alcohol not competing. You know, <laughs> Katrina and I have been together for eight years, and for the, the first six of it or so, I mean, I like I could count on one hand how many, how many total times I think I drank. And so, and her family- Loves to get together, get together and eat food and drink alcohol, and that's like a that's how they celebrate, and they they like to celebrate uh, a lot more frequently than my family ever did. So I was always the guy who's no thank you, you know, no thank you, no desserts, no whatever, mm-hmm. and that that sucks being that person all the time. And so now I've I will partake uh, with them more often, but I can't. I can't get down. Like Katrina can get down with them all night long until two in the morning. Get up and then she's you know, a champion. Work out at eight o'clock. She in the has morning. a she has a several livers. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Yeah. I think yeah. It's it runs in the family. For sure. They can all handle that stuff. Like for me, and I might one day while I'm up there, maybe. It really depends on what the snowboard schedule looks like for me because I'm going to ride while I'm th- I'm up there. So my Sweet. my goal is to get up in the morning and go. Can you take some videos while you ride, or is it too hard to do that? No, I can do that. I want to see. You want to see? Yeah, from your point of view. He's going to do that in <laughs> a tree or something. Because I'm definitely not going to snowboard. Yeah, don't do yeah. that. So yeah. I want to watch your video and pretend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I sled. Just put yeah. on a GoPro on your helmet. Yeah, I do a lot of sledding. Yeah. Oh, you do sledding? Yeah. yeah. That's I know we for. got them GoPros laying around here somewhere. I know. I'm trying to find them. I was actually going to buy them off the And company. we lost them? Well, we'll find. I'm sure they're here somewhere. Okay. But I, I want to get my son really wants to start like his own YouTube and all that. And I'm trying to like help them with that and figure out awesome. you know that for next year so what do you dude, do for new year's dude i'm the most boring dad new year's ever like mm-hmm. i just stay at home and and is courtney uh, working again play jenga or whatever yeah uh i don't know i think she might be off this year so if she's off we might actually do something mm. we'll figure it out yeah we i literally don't do new year's typically yeah since i was single. it's a shitty holiday holiday to go yeah. out for it really is. Well, depend. So for for me, I unless you're always, single, it's kind of overrated. Well, I've always spent it with my family. So every New Year's since I was a child, it's always been a family party, family party, family. This year, Jessica and I don't have the kids, and so we're gonna go and we're gonna because there's parties all over the Bay Area, of right? Of course. And you can pay buy tickets to attend some of these nice parties. Is that what you're doing? We're gonna go. Fucking Those are real expensive. Awful yeah. idea. Why? Awful idea. Why? Well drinks, tons of people, fights always happen. That's all I did in my twenties. Well, I'm not going to a sh- I'm not going to a place with fights. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to go hang out? Fucking never, t- bro. Those <laughs> terrible. Your 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 well, idea. I'm going to go to a nice hotel you, with you, old people. Yeah, done that. Your yeah. idea is your idea with the family is the way to go, bro. You know, and you wait till getting there. Catching a cab afterwards back to your hotel room if you're going to do that, or get, finding your parking spot like. The, it's just a horrible night. We're to gonna go Uber. Out. Uber. Yeah. 
We'll Uber there, Uber back. Yeah, yeah. So really? Let, let me know how how catching an Uber even is. Yeah, really? Yeah. You think it's gonna be crazy? Yeah, because oh, yeah. you and a hundred other thousand people are trying to call them at the same time. Oh shit! Yeah, I didn't yeah. Think of that. Oh, bro, it's mm-hmm. maybe I, I'll just book a hotel room. All there. in my twenties, I did the the crazy nightclub stuff. I've done hotel parties like that. We've done all. We're gonna dress up see, nice. We've done that, but my favorite. We used to go to this concert all the time. Primus used to play. One time we saw Primus and Tool. They did like a New Year's uh, event. I've been waiting for something like that to to come back, and I just haven't seen anything cool like that. So. No, we're going to go to one of these things. We're going to dress up nice. We're going to have nice dinner, and we're going to – I mean, the plan was, before Adam destroyed my dream, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the plan was to go hard. Like, we're going to go – I hate to bring hard. it to you, but you, I, you already had the formula, man. I, I, I worked reverse. I did all the crazy shit. And then later on in like my late 20s, I started to go, you know what? I'm just going to pick four or five of my favorite people to hang out with. We're going to have it in the house and fucking play board games, get drunk, have a good time. Those have been the best freaking mm-hmm. New Year's I've ever had. And mm-hmm. I've done a lot of cool stuff. It's just that it's one of the most popular nights to go out on. So catching a cab, mm-hmm. doing dinner, uh, getting drinks at the bar, which like I said, it get, turns into well drinks and you know smashed up against each other. It's just... It's chaos. And the fight thing, it's not being somewhere shady. It's just when you increase the amount of people that are all going out and, and trying to do the same thing, it just mm. tends some some asshole mm. who's drunk tends to... Mm. Well, I haven't been in a fight in a while. Maybe it's time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's time. might to... be a good idea. I'm, yeah, so, I'm sorry, Jess, if I just fucking totally shit on him. Yeah. Well, I'm, I almost booked him. I'm glad I did it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're still, we still got to go. We're still doing it. You just got to report thing. back to us. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't uh, know. You know? Yeah, we'll see how it goes. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Architectnology. How would you go about getting as lean as possible in a week for an unexpected video photo shoot where you're going to be shirtless? <laughs> I like this question. <laughs> a week. All right. Well, perfect. So what, I, what I'm about to give you right now is the secret way to burn maximum body fat. There's no fucking way you can. Yeah, you know, what, don't eat. What I think we should talk about is ways you could, you know, things you could do to maximize how good you'll look seven days out. Because the reality is you're not going to, I mean, how what's the most you burn body fat you're going to really burn in a week? A well, well, here's the thing too. When you talk about things like the final week or two weeks even at that, this is where if you were to go balls to the wall for seven days, you're probably not going to do a lot of damage, right? And it's not, I would never, ever recommend that for somebody who is, you know, the ideal situation is to give yourself six, eight, 10, 12 weeks plus and and do this uh, right and and progress week over week and and be safe and smart about it. But I mean, if this person did cardio twice a day, restricted calories and did all stuff like that, they're going to see a big change. And we talk about this all the time about this is the mistake that a lot of people make when they're wanting to see long-term results is they throw everything at the kitchen sink the first week and then weeks two, three, four, you, you, your body's adapted and you see minimal results. But if you only have seven days, you know, eating as little as possible, moving as you yes. much as, as much as you possibly can is going to be the most advantageous well, the, thing. Because what I keep thinking, when I'm thinking about this is you have a week, let's say you're now first off you got to kind of already be lean so if you're 
overweight and they're like, hey, you got a photo shoot in seven days. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, not going to matter a whole yeah, lot. No, it's not going to make a difference. But if you're already lean, the goal should be to look as good as possible in a week, not just as lean as possible. Because like what Adam's saying, you know, if you just went nuts and just restricted yourself and fasted and did tons of cardio, you'll lose weight, but I don't know how good you'll look. You might look depleted and shitty and unhealthy. Your skin might look crappy. Yeah, a little gaunt in the face. You, you might not look good. Um, I mean, an easy way to drop some weight and give yourself the illusion of looking a little leaner, especially if you're already lean, is to cut your carbs. That's just because water is gone. You'll lose water in a week. So I would go very, very low carbohydrate. Uh, fat would be moderate. Uh, protein would be high. Um, get good sleep because, again, you're, you don't want to go into this thinking, oh, I need to lose ten, you know, eight pounds in a week, but then you go into it and you look like you're, you're a heroin addict because you're so tired. So you want to go into there, you know, go into it with really, really good sleep. I would avoid uh, foods that are high in sodium just to reduce bloat. I would definitely avoid food intolerances because, you know, if you eat something that you're intolerant to, you you may get bloat in your stomach. You may get bloat under the skin. Uh, it may cause your skin just to look different. You may break out, for example. So really, it's the approach that I would have is be as healthy as possible. Cut your carbs because that'll make you lose some water weight. Get really, really good sleep, and then maintain your normal workout. But I think the the, the key to this question is a week is not that much time. Mm-hmm. There really isn't much you can do to really move the needle aside from the stuff that I'm talking about, which is that illusion that you're going to create with you know just kind of dropping the water and, and maybe feeling Spray much better. Tan. There yeah, you go. That's, that's a, my that's my addition. That's th- actually not bad. That's there's actually truth to that. They yeah. say for every shade you're darker, you look x x amount percent leaner. There's actually statistics to support that. No, it does. So yeah, no, a tanning tanning up. I mean, I would give the same advice minus the healthy part, right? At this point, like fuck health is out the window. I got seven days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to look good. So yeah. I'm gonna break all the rules that we talk about on the show not to do for everybody for seven days, which is I'm getting up in the morning, one hour of you know light cardio. I'm not I'm not being fed, so I don't need to be pushing hard. But I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get an hour's worth of cardio. I'm gonna train in the in the middle of the day after I get fed. Then I'm gonna turn around around and come back later in the evening and do another hour of cardio. And I'm going to do that seven days while also starting to reduce my carbohydrates like Sal was saying, because that honestly is probably- What if you just flattened out though? You well, you're I mean? going to. So yeah. so the idea is to do that the six days and on day seven, reintroduce some of the carbohydrates back. So, and again, this is going to be to give you numbers like, oh, cut back on X amount of grams of carbs. That's too hard without knowing where you're currently at. But I would reduce my carbohydrate intake probably by 50%. And then the day of the photo shoot, I would go back to what a normal carb day would look like with a little bit of water. And that should fill up the muscle bellies a little bit more. But yeah, you know, at this point, you're not going to lose pounds of body fat. The best thing you can do is the illusion, like Sal was saying, which is the you know, pull out some of the water so you're not holding onto a bunch of water weight, like Justin uh, alluded to, tan yourself up. And then honestly, it's re- reduce your caloric intake and move as much as you possibly can for mm-hmm. seven days. Something I would never recommend if this was something you're going to be consistently doing for the next two, three Yeah, because the rebound is going to be nasty. Yeah. But you know, the, you'll adapt to that. Something you can do to give yourself a, an increase in muscle volume in a very short period of time. And I don't think this is necessarily muscle, but I've noticed. Pretty rapidly, a change in the shape of my muscle in, in terms of visible size in a very short period of time is occlusion training. 
So you might be able to get away with doing a few sessions of occlusion training on your arms, for example. Let's say you're, you're, you're trying to look more muscular for a photo shoot. You might get away with that that week, the week before the photo shoot and show up and your arms look a little bit bigger, probably just because they're more pumped, mm. uh, if you will. And then that's the other thing too, a good pump session before your picture if you're trying to look. Have you guys yeah. seen his Instagram? This guy shreds. Is he really? Guitar. Oh, yeah. Oh, he already looks it awesome. Must, it must be, well, I shreds mean. On guitar. Shreds on guitar. Shreds on guitar. Oh, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, We're talking about like body shredding. Well, this guy's like, he shreds. Yeah. Uh, I'm just imagining him on like some kind of. How? Like, yeah, how are you imagining him? Just, you know, on like a Naked? car. Just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I'm not, not like that, guys. Next question is from Michael Ryan, 3246. What exercise surprised you the most with the gains it helped you make? Mm, good question. Has there been an exercise yes. in recent memory where you did it and you were just like, yes. "Wow!" I feel like you picked this question on purpose. I feel Why? like because I feel like you want me to keep drilling this home to Danny. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't think you uh, that at all. But. Ha- hands down, uh, Adam immediately thought of that. Well, you know, it's funny is the two that I think we all would say, duh, and everybody listening would say, duh. But the reason why I'm going to share it is because I've always known that. And I think because I've always known this, the, the, these exercises intermittently made their way into my routine. Never until the last probably, well, fuck, it's been almost six years now, six years, seven years or so, did these things become staples in my routine, and that's what blew my mind, and that is deadlifting and squatting. Yep. Barbell, deadlift, barbell, squat has blew my mind after 10-plus years of training and intermittently throwing those in there. So I, you know, did some deadlift, Romanian deadlifts, and I would do, you know, dumbbell deadlifts every now and then, and I would make sure to get some squats every once in a while in there. And so because I knew as a trainer that those are the big, those are the king of all exercises, and in my head I thought, well, they're in there. You know, they're in my routine, so I'm I'm getting them. And my, back then my, my philosophy was, you know, the more I changed it up, the better it was for my body for building muscle, the whole muscle confusion approach. And when I actually started to deadlift consistently, conventional deadlift consistently, nothing blew my back up like that. I mean, strength-wise, aesthetically, I mean, nothing changed my back more than conventional deadlifting. And when I was doing, I was when I was doing this, I was minimum deadlifting two times per week, every week for months on out. And I'd never done that in my life before. It was always, like I said, you know, intermittently it would make it into my routine. Same thing goes for squatting. You know, nothing blew my legs up more. And when I say legs, I mean my quads and hamstrings because I know everybody sees my calves and I'm like, what's this guy talking about? He doesn't have fucking big legs. <laughs> my quads and my hamstrings are actually pretty damn good size. <laughs> it's my calves that just don't seem to grow. So that those two movements, uh, and and still, like my back, I cannot touch my, I cannot lift on my back now because of deadlifting and squatting. I don't even have to touch them for a month, two months, and I still look like I lift. Like my my back is so much thicker and denser. My legs are so much thicker. And if I go if I go touch weights, those two areas now all the, all of a sudden look way more developed than mm-hmm. and than anything else in my body. So that those were game changers. Yeah, for the, me. I, I I because I've done those exercises for so long. I was never surprised by them. You know, I've been squatting and deadlifting since uh, since I was a kid, so I knew those exercises were really effective just on a personal level. But more recently, there are a couple exercises that I started doing in my workout that really blew me away. One of them I started doing 
about four years ago after we all met, and that was heavy kettlebell overhead carries. This is not a traditional muscle building exercise. This is more of a functional type exercise, but Justin was a big proponent of doing overhead carries. He has a very strong overhead press. And so I started incorporating them in my routine. And this is just where I, I would take kettlebells, I'd press them up, lock out my, my, my position, get real strong with it. And then I'd hold them or carry them. I'd walk for distance. And the strength gains I got in my overhead press were tremendous. And then in the, the muscle density I got in my shoulders and my upper back was pretty awesome. So that one surprised me. And then recently with Maps Strong, you know, we went up to, mm-hmm. we went and wrote Maps Strong with Robert Oberst. And the idea with Maps Strong was we wanted to create a program that the average fitness enthusiast, so somebody who works out in a gym normally, the average fitness enthusiast could do in a normal gym. So we wanted to do strongman training with normal gym equipment, but give you some of the same feel and the benefits of what you would need if you were competing in a strongman event. So it's different. It's functional. It's fun. Very, very different. And so we wrote the program and I looked at it and I said, gosh, you know what? This is very different from what I'm used to. I think I'm going to give this a shot. And so I followed the program. Well, first off, Map Strong became uh, my very, very close, almost first favorite Maps program. I'd say it's right under Maps Anabolic. That's how awesome it is. And the reason why I love it so much is the Zercher squats, the snatch grip high pulls, mm-hmm. and, the, and the heavy you know, carries, the farmer carries, but the ones with the trap bars, they built my body in very surprising ways. That's the best way word to use. It was very surprising. I could not believe Mm. that those exercises would have that big of an impact. Then to watch Doug go through the program and watch him exhibit the same benefit. He had his upper back, his traps, his shoulders all responded. Those exercises, oh, and the Z-Press. The Z-Press, because it wasn't strong, I started doing Z-Press that really built my body. Love that move. Yeah, and I love I love it because they're they're just exercises. And for a long time, I thought you know exercises. Yeah, some are better than the others, but they don't make that big of a difference. I placed too much value on nutrition and supplements and that kind of stuff for a long time. Now, you know, more recently, I'd say over the last five years, I've realized that your programming is is paramount mm-hmm. and the exercises are paramount like the mm-hmm. exercises there's a fucking huge chasm between exercises that are really effective and those that are whatever in the combination you know yes. put together yeah. yes like i i could totally echo that especially from map strong the uh the snatch grip deadlifts for me like and, and a lot like adam too i didn't really do a whole lot of deadlifts so definitely there was a massive carryover of just me doing deadlifts like that was huge for my back and just my overall strength increase um and just having that that wide grip position really helped you know to focus on um you know engaging the back you know more exclusively and i was i was really surprised at at you know what what that produced uh in terms of strength and also like uh, muscular development but even before that uh, an exercise that really supply, surprised me um that had massive carryover to bench pressing which i personally like that was my thing bench pressing was always my favorite exercise i was the best at it uh in terms of like all the rest of the major lifts and when i started to incorporate ring dips and like really low ring dips. So this is this is something that I w- I started to kind of gradually work towards getting good 
depth. And uh, what that provided was just uh, more real supported mobility and that shoulder retraction and and just getting that that depth and that lockout and the stability of me having to hold the rings in close to my body and not let them go away. Like uh, just how stable my shoulders were going back into the dead or to the bench press was was pretty substantial. And, and my my lifts all went up by, you know, at least like 20, you know, 50 pounds or so. so. I, I feel like we've talked about this before. I know that I if you've listened to every show, you've heard me uh, talk about this because there was a there was a time uh, when Mind Pump had first started where when I was I was deadlifting and squatting. And I remember when I was deadlifting, I actually eliminated all other back exercises and I was only doing deadlift variations. So like you said, snatch grip, con- conventional. And I didn't touch any of my traditional back exercises that I would do in my routine for I think it was like six months. And I'll never forget getting on the seated row after not rowing for like mm-hmm. six months and not just PRing, but I mean, 50 plus pounds I was rowing more than I'd ever rowed before in my life. It just, it blew my fucking mind. I mean, that's something that I had inched up over 10 years of consistently doing in my routine. And by actually eliminating the movement, putting more time and effort into deadlifting more, had so much more care. And that was the thing that I was going back and forth, poor Danny, not to beat the dead horse, but that was what I was trying to to get across to him was that's how feed the fed horse right that's right feed the fed horse sorry i was doing that to feed the feed two birds of one skull (laughs) thank you thank you let's let's be sensitive but that was so that was so mind-blowing to me that i had spent 10 years of my life kind of rotating through all these different exercises that were all good nothing to say dumbbell row a pull-up a seated row these are all great back exercises but i had never in my life put that much emphasis on just barbell deadlifting and then to see the carryover into these movements that I'd done and all of them went up significantly, not a little bit, no exaggeration. It blew my fucking mind. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like somebody who occasionally deadlifts or occasionally squats and it is not a staple, those two are not staple moves that you're doing two times a week every week, do that and do that consistently for you know months and then revisit those exercises. Don't be afraid to let go of your lat pull down for a while or don't be afraid to let go of your seated row for a little while and purely deadlift and do variations of the deadlift and watch what happens when you go back to those movements. You'll be blown away. Next question is from David R. Martinez. Is a fat burning zone in the fit zone a myth? The fat burning zone always seems so low. Would you recommend following it for fat loss? It's the most effective and efficient way that you can burn calories. <laughs> I, That's what he used to say. I live in the bur- fat burning zone. So back in the day when I was when Great I first became point. a trainer, back in I don't know what was it when did I become a trainer? Nineteen ninety eight, I want to say that was the first time I became a trainer, and we were taught That's there was when a, I graduated high school. It was yeah, yeah it's the year after I graduated high school, and there was a chart in the cardio area of the first gym I ever became a trainer at, 24 Fitness uh, on Hillsdale, Club 504. Shout out to anybody who's listening from over there. And in that club, there was a chart and it said uh, fat burning zone. uh, And then underneath it would be like, you know, too low and above it would say too high. And it was this chart. And the chart was designed specifically for trainers to take people over and to point to where they need to be in their, their heart rate zone to burn fat. And it was a sales tool. And what we were taught was if you train 
and you maintain your heart rate within a particular zone or beats per minute, that you would be burning body fat. And if you go outside of that zone, you wouldn't be burning as much body fat. Now, what they did was is they took some science and they spinned it in a way to sell why you need a personal trainer for cardio. Because back in those days, remember back in those days, you know, cardio was a big component in people's workouts. Everybody wanted to burn body fat. That was the way to burn body fat. You really don't need a trainer for cardio. Let's all be honest. You want to get on a piece of cardio and go. Do you need a trainer to help you? Not that much, right? Maybe just show you how to use a machine and now you're, you're on your own. So I think what they were trying to do is show value in personal training because the trainer could come over and be like, hey, I know you like doing cardio and you do it all the time on your own, but if you hire me, I'll show you how to get in your fat burning zone. And I used to actually, I bought into this, right? Because it's what they taught me. And I thought, oh yeah, if you're outside of that, you're just burning energy, but you're not burning fat, not realizing it's kind of the same thing. Mm. So what they did is they took studies that showed that when you train within a particular heart rate, a greater percentage of the calories that you're burning is coming from fat. And a smaller percentage of the calories that you're burning is coming from other forms of energy like glycogen, okay, which, which happens more so in the, on the higher intensities. And yes, that is true, but the effect is so small and the overall calories that you're burning is so much greater when you train harder then it really, really doesn't matter. To give you a better example, let's say you train in your fat-burning zone and you burn 100 calories and 80% of them come from fat. Okay, so now you burned 80 calories from fat. Let's say you train over the that, uh, that heart rate zone, the fat-burning zone, you're outside of it, but you burn 200 calories. Now, instead of 80% of your calories, it's all the way down to 50% of your calories from fat. You're still burning... 100 calories of fat, which is more than 80 calories. And it's not even close to that big of a difference. I gave the example of 50%, 80%. It's not even that big of a difference. It, this is literally the biggest waste of, of your time. The only time you should monitor your heart rate when you're doing cardio is if you're training for a particular type of endurance or, or sport. Mm. When you're monitoring VO2 max, you're monitoring heart rate, trying to improve someone's yeah, athleticism. heart rate. For the average person, it doesn't I could, fucking matter. Yeah, for the average person, but I, I, I could add a person to that. So if I were to use this, um, I would use it with a competitor also. So somebody who is um, in a cal- caloric deficit for weeks on end, um, we're coming close to stage. They're at, they're already at four percent body fat. Um, they have very very little uh, you know fat on their body, so their body doesn't have a lot of resources to pull from. Um, we are we're we are playing with that fine line, and well, that's when splitting hairs makes a difference, right? And that was that's my point. Yeah. So me playing a little bit of a devil's advocate, I could see if I was talking about a competitor who is looking for every little tiny edge and that could apply to someone who is tracking calculating paying attention to that is already at a very extremely if there's anybody who is uh more likely to uh, adapt down and lose muscle on their body uh, from doing cardio it's most likely the leaner athlete who's who's at a calorie deficit a significant calorie deficit and doesn't have a lot of fat on their body stored so I could see it there. Everybody else, you know, the, the the more that you were to push on on a treadmill like Sal saying, the more calories from fat you're you're going to burn. But again, 
I also don't see a lot of value in doing really high intensity cardio for a long period of time either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just you, you then forget what we're burning calories of fat wise. You're also now uh, telling the body that it's less advantageous to have muscle mass, a bunch of muscle mass on your body too. So, I when I recommend cardio to somebody, it's typically less. It's low intensity, steady state cardio where you're just kind of cruising, which would fall in that you know quote unquote fat burning zone or the target heart rate zone which that's and even I, then we're paying more attention to the steps not the heart rate yeah you're and you're and it's and i don't even do measure your heart rates i just do a talk test i tell a client hey if you're going to be doing cardio for an hour i want you to be able to talk to your friend next to you you should be able to have mm-hmm. a conversation and be able to do that yeah uh, i don't want you doing cardio for an hour and you actually have to focus on on how because yeah. how hard you're and running when i say the average person what what i mean is the vast majority of people, like vast majority, because like Adam's giving a good example of an extreme uh, example. When when you're at, when you're at that level, splitting hairs makes a difference. I'll, I'll give you an example uh, uh, with a sport that's not related, a different sport. When you look at like the all-time mile records, people running the mile, right? The difference between the first place and second place of all time is seconds. It's literally seconds. That's hairs. That's nothing. When you're 4% body fat and you're watching your water intake and your sodium intake and I got to make sure I get the right tan color and I got to <laughs> make sure I get the right kind of pump and I don't over pump this muscle, like splitting hairs then can maybe make a difference. But when you're talking about 99.9% of people listening right now, you are totally wasting your time paying attention to what zone you're in when you're on cardio. Mm. The better thing to do is just perception. That's how, mm-hmm. I, that's how I coach my clients. Yeah. Like... Like you were saying, Adam, just you should be able to have a conversation with someone or whatever, just based off of your percep- perceived intensity is how I start them. Now, athletes may be a little different. Does it benefit an athlete to train doing cardio in what's typically known as the fat burning zone, which is re- which is relatively low intensity? Does it benefit athletes? If your sport is long distance running, it does. For other athletes, most athletes, not a whole lot. No, it's probably the opposite for yeah. most athletes yeah. to press the, the, the um, threshold. That's right. right. You want to undulate that intensity, just like you're mimicking the game. Yeah, most athletes are going to want the ability to exert uh, maximal uh, output of energy and then be able to recover fast enough while exerting a moderate amount of energy, or in some cases, like football, it's like max amount of energy and then low to moderate because you're setting yeah. up the next play or whatever, and you want to be able to recover quickly to exert that maximal energy. But even again. then, it's about balancing out all the stress throughout the week, and so that's that's really like what matters in terms of like how you most appropriately appropriately do that leading into the game, so you have the maximal amount of energy that you can. Uh, summon and expend at that one mm-hmm. given moment, but also have the endurance and the stamina to, uh, you know, be at that high level and maintain that. So yeah. that's it's it's it's. I mean, that's a skill and that's an art of coaching when you're when you're working with like athletes like that. I just think that this hasn't died because I think it should die. I don't think I don't know why anybody's talking about this anymore for yeah. the most part. But the reason why it hasn't died is it's still being used as a tool. It's a marketing tool. Yeah, to market and sell the potential value you get from a trainer, which I think is wrong. Yeah. There's so much value that a personal trainer brings somebody. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I called personal trainers the lifeblood of the fitness industry, and I firmly believe it. I think that personal trainers are the soldiers in the field, the ones that are really fucking making 
the biggest change, the ones that are really, if anyone's going to shift the fitness industry, it's the trainers. They have the, the most power and impact. And uh, there's so many better ways to sell your value than using something like this, which really isn't bringing a lot of value to somebody. Next question is from Pain in the Grass 12. Is great, great athleticism great. something you're born with or can you train it? Both. It is both. Definitely both. You know, yeah. you, you know what, too? I think, um, uh, what do you call it, Sal? The uh, democratization of sports, sports yeah. mm-hmm. is probably where I think we have evolved the most in sports. Like just 50 years ago or more, like we we wouldn't look at a body type and say, oh, you're meant to play this, you know, mm-hmm, by right. a body type without you even seeing you touch the ball or anything like that, where now we have this ability. And I think a lot of times where athleticism is – where people or where people struggle with athleticism is a lot of times they're playing the wrong sport for their body type. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I was an mm-hmm. example of this, and I talk about this on the show a lot. That I was trying to play the sport that all my friends were playing and that we were all into. I never looked at my body and said, "Oh, I probably belong in a pool." Like this makes sense the way my hips are, the way my wingspan is, and and get in there and then train towards that. So, uh, but genetics definitely play a role. Mm-hmm. I mean, genetics play a, a role, and some people are are born uh, with that athleticism, and then some people work towards it. So it's a combination of both. But where I see the the greatest difference in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that we're starting to learn and which is even look at basketball just recently like now when you look at all the players we we've seen the new evolution of of the basketball player which is starting to look like the Kevin Durant and we're seeing it with a lot of these newer guys that are coming in God you got Zion right now and playing for Duke as a freshman the most freakish thing I've ever seen in my life 285 pounds and he he dunks like ridiculous his head's above the rim and he's agile he can handle the ball he can shoot a three so now you're seeing these just lanky tall you know durant type of player seven footers that can can also handle the ball so i you you see that in all sports so i really think that is one of the biggest you know is a good example mm-hmm. of the, the, the democratization of sports the best example well first off if you look at swimmers i love looking at swimmers because what makes you really 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 good in the pool is what also makes you really, really bad on land. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. It's true. So, like, swimmers are, like, at the top, top level, right? You, anybody, you, anybody can learn how to swim. Anybody can learn how to swim faster. But once you, the higher you get into the levels of, of, of sports, the more nature plays a role. Like, the more you're born into it on top of all the training and stuff, right? So, Michael Phelps, great example. Easily the most decorated swimmer of all the time. I think the most decorated Olympian of all time, uh, incredible athlete, but the guy, here's some statistics for you, okay? The guy's wingspan is 6'7", so his arms are would fit on somebody who's like 6'8", but he's only 6'4". His torso fit would fit on someone that's almost 7 feet tall. His legs are about the, the normal size for someone who's 6'0". <laughs> so he's got the six foot eight, seven foot torso and yeah, arms, all torso and arms, and the the legs of somebody who's six foot. Now that would make yeah. him a terrible sprinter. Like if he ran on oh, land, yeah. Oh, yeah. he would be awful. Right. A sprinter, top heavy and uh, just falling forward. A sprinter is the opposite. Sprinter yeah. or runner, long legs, short upper body, very very different body for their sport. So there is a big, big component of nature. There's also the natural, uh, you know, our natural intelligences that we tend to be born with. You know, some kids are, they speak 
uh, earlier. They're better with their words. Some p- kids are, some people are just seem to have an aptitude for math mm-hmm. or science or abstract thought. And some kids just have this incredible proprioceptive motor control ability. They just mm-hmm. do. You see this as, as little kids. You see a three-year-old jumping off jungle jungle gyms and swinging from monkey bars. And you'll see other kids at three years old who you know trip over their own feet and whatever. So there's also that. There's also the natural aptitude for intelligence. Mm-hmm. Now, can you develop upon that with exercise and training and practice? Absolutely, you can do that. Yeah. But there's an upper limit. Like Yeah, and there's some kids that you, there's going to take a lot of time to even catch up to like the where where somebody else was already thriving right out of the gates and so yeah, that's where it is kind of both so you do have like the genetic advantages that you understand right away wow I, th- this fits best in this direction athletic wise and my my body functions at a high level in this direction i think it really is about finding that uh you know as soon as you can and then trying to keep uh, refining the skill and developing it further to be to to really excel at the pro level. Yeah, and now there's no doubt in my mind, by the way, that there are people in the world who are built naturally and have the natural aptitudes to be top level professional athletes in a particular sport. But the reason why they aren't is there's another component that people uh, don't many times don't give credit to, which is the ability to hyper focus and have a passion. Yeah. For what they're doing, I, I, I like. I bet yeah. you there's somebody in it's the like world. The, the Rudy effect. Yeah, like I bet you there's somebody in the world that has proportions that are similar to like a Michael Phelps, but they just don't. They yeah. don't have this like insane passion for swimming, right? Yeah. And they don't want to dedicate their entire lives to it. So there's a lot of factors that go into all of this. But I think the important thing to 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 say with all of this, because I remember being a kid, 14 year old kid. Uh, wanting to build muscle at the at when I was young, I thought the difference between me and a top level bodybuilder was just time and dedication and training and diet. And I thought, okay, I if I do all those things, I'm gonna look like Arnold Schwarzenegger did. And then I learned about uh, anabolic steroids, and then I learned about genetics and how big of a role. And for a second, I got a little bit kind of like, oh man, you know, that's that kind of craps me out a little bit. Like I, I don't think I'll ever be able to look like Arnold. But then I said to myself, you know, whatever my potential is, I'm going to reach with the top of my potential. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like a lesson for life, right? Like whatever cards you're dealt mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, whatever gene- genetics you have or situations you have, there is an upper limit of your ability and there is a lower limit of your ability. And it's wide. Like there's a huge width of, of difference. Like Let's like my lower, like, here's the thing. I like to ask people this. And I actually learned this from Jordan Peterson because many times we ask people to imagine their upper limit. And that's a very difficult thing for people to imagine. Like somebody comes to me and says, Hey Sal, you know, what's the the most muscular and strong I can get? Or what's the most success that you think I can achieve uh, in sales or in business? And that's a hard thing to say. And so what I tell them is I say, well, we all have potential. I said, but I'll reverse it. What's the worst that you think you could ever do? Like how bad do you think you can make yourself? And they'll be like, oh gosh, I could be in jail. I could be just, you know, probably 80 pounds overweight, terrible health. And so it helps people understand that, okay, there's a potential in both directions. It's just harder sometimes for us to imagine the top one. Mm. So sometimes imagine the bottom one and realize, okay, cool. I don't want to be there. That's for sure. (laughs) Now the sky's the limit with the top and we'll see where that is and keep working towards it. Because I think it it can be discouraging to some people to realize that, 
There's a lot that you can be born with that they may not be. Yeah, born I don't with. want to deter people from pursuing their their ultimate dream of because there are people that have broke through those genetic barriers uh, in sports, and you've you've seen examples of that happen. Whether it's basketball, whether it's football, and there's just, there there are cases where people like don't have those the height, they don't have the size, they don't have, mm-hmm. uh, but their passion and their work ethic and it, it led them to that that high level however um it's it, there's just you just recognize the fact that there's all these these immense barriers in that direction um and they just were relentless to where the rest of their life i'm sure was insanely unbalanced well you so you mentioned too like intelligence and you know maybe not so much and uh, sports like swimming or you know golf or it's like a you know you're by yourself but team sports man that's another type of intelligence it for is sure it is and uh-huh. and the ability to get into flow state and to understand the game like at a much higher level like that's a major attribute like I've I played with a lot of guys um, and I like to think I'm like this too I'm not the most athletic person but I understand the game so well that I see the floor and the court different than some people like so you may be somebody who's extremely – maybe you don't have the athleticism, but you have a passion and the love for the game that you play so much that things tend to slow down on the court or slow down on the field, and you can see things develop differently because because of your intelligence. So there's advantages to that also. So maybe where somebody may lack in athleticism, they may make up or may potentially be able to make up in their, their understanding of the game and and under and their intellect and their their smart plays and decision making that they make they're and more they're, studious about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have this ability to sit down and study and do things like that. We see this in football, great examples of a lot of the quarterbacks. You know, mm-hmm. many of the quarterbacks in the NFL aren't the most athletic guys. Right. You get them out there and you compare them to a wide receiver. But they or, can read. Yeah, but they can they can read the game. They can they they're, they're they make smarter decisions they slow the game down like they lead everybody like so yeah I, I think obviously genetics plays a huge role uh, you and but so does the ability for you to apply yourself and then also to understand where your strengths lie and then again finding out what those strengths are and then developing those for whatever sport that you're passionate about absolutely uh, go to mindpumpfree.com and check out some of our free guides one of the newer ones up there right now is teaching new trainers how to become successful personal trainers, both in business and with their clients. You can find that guide and many others, again, at mindpumpfree.com. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic, Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. Mind Pump.